Father, we thank you that we get to come before you. We thank you that uh, you have given us your word. We pray that you would bless us as we talk and as we discuss uh, these matters of parenting today. I pray that you would lead us, that for the parents in this room, that they would grow uh, closer to you, that they would uh, see how you are using them in their kids' lives. Uh, For the children, I pray that you would lead them to love their parents more and that we would grow together as families. And I pray, Lord, that as a church body, we would come together, not just uh, to talk about these things, but to encourage one another, to point each other to Jesus. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, uh, we'll be talking about parenting again. So this is um, a short little series on parenting. We're only going to be doing about five weeks or so. So I'm, I've been doing biblical basis, so just some biblical foundational principles, nothing fancy. Um, so I did that last week. We did some intro, some, some foundational things. And then uh, next week, Dave is going to take over, and he's going to tell you all how to do parenting. And that's, he's going to tell you it's the only way to do parenting. And if you do anything different from Dave, you're wrong. Um, is that about right, Dave? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not, he says. Um, yeah, so basically, um, we wanted to hear from our elders and hear what they have to say. They have a lot of wisdom. They have a lot of experience. Uh, so both Dave and Steve will lead some. Uh, Matthew Anderson will lead a week uh, just so that we can learn from each other, right? To Not to say, this is the formula. This is how you must do it. This is how everybody always does it. But to say, well, what if other people done, right? What have other people uh, found success in? What have they found, what have they regretted? Um, what are some of the, the things that they've learned over years of being parents, things that they want to pass on? Um, it also helps me, gives me a few weeks to just kind of keep up with sermons and everything. So uh, I appreciate your, the, our elders for stepping in and doing some, some teaching for me. Um, but today, we're just going to, again, do some biblical foundations. So last week, we talked about uh, a few things. Um, we talked specifically about how covenant theology, right, everything that we learned six months ago or so, all of those things push us to say children, our kids, are covenant members. Right? They're members of the covenant. Um, they are not outsiders to the church. They're not outsiders to God. They're not outsiders uh, to the covenant. They are insiders. And so that affects how we view them and how we parent them. Um, We talked about how, broadly speaking, the Bible talks about kids, right? The Bible talks about children as uh, good things, right? They are blessings. They are an inheritance from the Lord, as Psalm 127 said. Uh, They are uh, gifts from God. And so we have to constantly be remembering this because often when we have kids, if you have kids, you know, it's easy to slip into a, a mindset that, this is a burden. Kids are a burden. This is really hard. Uh, you lose a lot of your freedoms, so to speak. You lose a lot of your, uh, your time and energy. Just it go, it, You pour into your kids. Um, kids are expensive, right? And so when you look at our culture and our world, it's, our world is not defined by a, a joyful love for parenting. Our world is kind of defined by, like, kids are... Kids are good, but they kind of get in the way, um, and so a lot of couples will postpone having kids for a long time because they don't want to lose their independence, or they, they don't want the, the financial part of it, um, or you have many people in our culture just not having kids, right, for lots of reasons. Um, some of those reasons are financial, or, you know, it's hard, lose freedoms. Some of them are because of their views of the climate, right? They believe that bringing kids into the world means that we're overpopulating the world, and we need to not do that. Um, 
These are all fundamentally negative ways to view our kids. They're fundamentally negative ways to, to look at these gifts that God has given us. And the Bible doesn't do that. The Bible always, as far as I'm aware, talks about kids in a very positive light. That they are a blessing. They're hard. And foolish sons are, you know, a strain on their parents. But kids are a good thing. They're a gift. Uh, but we also talked about how they're a responsibility. Right, they are a gift from God, they're a good thing, but they're also a responsibility from God. Um, so what are the things that we talked about? What, what responsibilities do parents have towards their kids? Charlie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, discipleship. That includes a lot of things, as Charlie said, protection, provision, teaching them. What else? What are other um, responsibilities? How else are parents responsible for their kids? Discipline them. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Pray for them. Yeah, that's a big one. It's actually part of our membership vows, or our, our baptism vows. Right? We, we don't put vows to the, the baby. Um, we give vows to the parents. And one of those is, what, do you promise to pray for your children? Anything else you can think of? Any other responsibilities? Love and show affection towards them. Yeah, love and show them affection towards them. It's not a nice, distant relationship. It's a, a close one. What does it mean that our children are covenant members? That they're members of the covenant. Matthew? For one thing, they grow up um, steeped in um, biblical instruction, mm-hmm. steeped in fellowship with the saints. Um, they don't know what it's like to be out among the world, they know what it's like to be in the, the sphere of the love of God. Yeah. Yeah, they, they grow up just absorbing and being souped in it, I guess. You, yours was better. Steeped in it is great. Um, yeah, Jamie, did you have, were you saying something? You were going to say steeped too? Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such a blessing, right, for our kids to be able to grow up in a church. Hearing the word preached every week, being in fellowship every week, um, and then day to day, right, in your family, how you raise them up, teaching them about God every day. Like that is, that is a huge, huge blessing for kids. Um, and if, if that's what you grew up in, if that's what you experienced as a kid, it's easy to take that for granted, right? Someone who didn't grow up Christian, who didn't grow up in a Christian home, they know what it's like to not have a home that is characterized by faith and love and joy and peace. Um, so it is, it is such a blessing. Um, but what else, how else are, what, what else does it mean that our kids are, are covenant members? Um, Charlie? With regard to their status, they're not neutral. They are the Lord's. And when they are, what, what we mean by calling covenant members, that there's a sovereign claim upon them. Mm-hmm. They are not ours to do with however we please. The oaths are upon them as well, even at baptism. And the promise, as scripture says, belongs to them. So they are bringing, being brought up, um, 
not only in the awe or fear of the Lord, but also with the covenant obligations as well um, to love and serve and follow and fulfill the, the greatest commandment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, being in the covenant has multiple aspects, right? One of them is a blessing. One of them is a really good thing that they, as Dave said, they get to grow up steep in this, in, in Scripture, in the Bible, in God. Uh, they, they are not outsiders, as you said. Uh, and as we've, we've been talking about this in Exodus, right? We talked about this in Exodus 19 where God says, um, or, or last week in Exodus 20, I am the Lord your God. That's a, that's a covenantal claim. Right? I am your God. I'm not someone else's God. I'm not distant. I'm not out there. I'm not this impersonal force. Um, I am yours. I'm your God. And the flip side of that is that you are my people. In Exodus 19, God says, you are my treasured possession because I brought you out of the land of Egypt. Um, that applies not just to adults, that applies to kids, right? That applies to believers and their families. That God says to your kids, um, I am your God, and you are my people. And that also includes, right, this call from the Lord to respond in faith, um, to obey the obligation of the new covenant, which is to believe in Jesus Christ. Um, that means that when we teach them about the Lord, we're also calling them to believe in Him. We're teaching them this is how the world works, this is what's true, this is everything that, you, that the Lord has said to you and promised to you. He's your God. Believe in Him. Obey Him. Walk in the ways that He has said to walk in. Uh, trust Him. So, let's start to pivot towards how this really looks as parents in your day-to-day life. Um, fundamentally biblical principles. So as we've said, um, discipline and discipleship are two of the, these are kind of the overarching categories for everything that we do as parents. We are to be disciplining our children and we're to be discipling our children. Um, So let's talk about first discipline, um, which is super fun. So what is discipline? And maybe if, if we need to come at it from a different angle, is there a difference between discipline and punishment? Charlie's nodding his head yes, but Matthew? I would say the discipline is teaching our children to obey God. Okay. How so? Um, by showing them uh, what to do. You know, be setting a good example. Um, by giving them consequences for you know, going astray. Um, teaching them what God expects and demands of them um, by well, let's just go to the I mean our, our job is to, to help them understand what their responsibilities are like you said before the covenant to believe in Jesus Christ and trust in him for their salvation and so all that we do with regard to them is guiding them along that path whether it's giving them consequences or allowing them to suffer for sins that they've committed or whether it's training them whether it's giving them yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, if you couldn't hear, uh, Matthew said that discipline is is how we teach our children to walk the road that God has called us to walk. Right? That means giving them consequences when they uh, when they mess up, when they break the rules, when they break God's law. Teaching them um, by positive example. Right? Here's how you follow God, and modeling that, um, as well as uh, letting them. Uh, 
like how you said, let, let them suffer for their sins, which sounds really bad, right? We'd, you're like, wait, you're going to let your kids suffer? Um, but sometimes the Lord does that with us, right? Sometimes God lets us feel the consequences of our sin. Thankfully, in His grace, it's never to the extent that we deserve, He never treats us as our sins deserve because we're in Christ. But sometimes he does let us, for a season, fall into sin and feel the effects of it so that we would come back to him. It's it's discipline because there's a goal. So there's a difference between discipline and punishment. Um, Dave? Um, When I think of discipline, I think of uh, training in the military, for instance, where you are required to do certain things and, and if you're not quite leading up to that, you get the wrath of the drill instructor. But, but it teaches you how to do everything you need to do to obey when you're, when you're given an order to um, carry out the things you're supposed to do as a soldier. The same is true for an athlete. An athlete trains hard to uh, uh, play football, for instance, and, and there are all these things they have to learn about the plays and, and how to exert themselves, how, how to take care of themselves, what to eat, and, and all that kind of thing. And it's, it's uh, I think that it's, it's training, but it's, it's a lot more than that, too. It's, it's uh, teaching, like you said, uh, because there has to be instruction with it, but, but it's, uh, it, it's learning how to do the things you have to do for that, for that setting. And so, yeah, you're, you're raising your children to be eventually, hopefully, selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Charlie? Yeah, I just want to piggyback on what, what Dave was saying. That Christ, is the, Christ and his disciples are the perfect picture of what discipline is, what discipleship is. I mean, discipline is just the variant on disciple, which means to student, to teach, train, or exercise in. So discipline is always, I think, positive first before it's ever corrective, and the two are very much related. So if you are disciplining your body, yourself, or disciplining your children, you are training them in the ways. And what is related to that is when they are aberrant in their behavior or attitude, their hearts or whatnot, then the discipline becomes corrective. So it's like, I don't think you can have one without the other. Okay, yeah, you can't have discipline without some sort of positive move towards something. Right? Yeah, I think I think what you're you're getting at is this difference between what, what, what happens in discipline and what happens in punishment. Um, because there's a big difference. Punishment is, is purely consequence for sin, consequence for breaking a law. Um, great example, you murder someone, you go to jail, right? Or you get the death penalty, and depending on what state you're in. That's punishment. Because there's no corrective goal, there's no, we want you to follow Jesus through this act of, of discipline. Um, discipline is really using the tools that God has given us as parents to correct our children, to guide them, to mold them on this path towards God. That what we want is we want them to become more like Jesus. We want them to become more faithful, more obedient, more beautiful, more like their Savior. To love God, to love His standard, to love His law, not to hate it, right? It's not just, just that we, we punish them when they mess up. Because if that's all it is, that doesn't actually go anywhere. Now you've just taught them, okay, if you, if you touch this wall, you get zapped, 
right? You touch the electric fence, you get zapped. Sure, they'll learn how to not touch the electric fence, but will they learn what the fence is for? Will they learn why? Will they learn the goal, the purpose of life? So discipline isn't just setting, setting boundaries and enforcing them. Discipline is also correction and teaching and, and showing them modeling um, and seeking to shape our children to love the standard, to, to not just hit the, hit the walls and get zapped, but to learn why it's there. Why does God say, don't do this? Why is it wrong to, to hit your dad? <laughs> why is it wrong to talk bad? Um, and as our kids grow up, this starts to shape, this starts to change too. It's not just, hey, don't put your fork in the socket because you'll die. Um, as your kids grow up and become teenagers, it starts to become more and more complex, but it's the same sort of learning why things happen. Why is it wrong for you to be upset about this? Why is it wrong to be anxious about what your friends think of you? Why is it wrong to, to, to obsess over how you look? Why is it wrong to you know, punch that kid in the face? Um, all these things are, are learning why, what the standard is, and for hopefully our kids to love it. To become more like Jesus, um, and so this is this is why the state, the civil government, God says it wields a sword. Parents don't wield swords. The state wields a sword because the the, the civil government is put in place to punish uh, the wicked and to reward the righteous. That's not our goal to wield a sword against our kids. We, the Lord says, to wield a rod. Which is different. It is it is a corrective. It is showing why the road, showing them the road, and why they should walk it. Does that make sense? The difference between punishment and discipline. Okay. So, does that mean that you that you have to spank your kids, and if you don't spank your kids, you're in sin? Okay. So Gary says absolutely. Um, any other thoughts? How can you disagree with that? <laughs> well, let's talk about it. Michelle? I'm, I'm going to side with Gary a little bit and say if you're absolutely, I will never spank my kid, that's the same extreme. Okay. So, if you will never spank you, if you say that, maybe that's pushing the boundary. Uh, God gave a, God does, you know. Mm-hmm. The, the man God who spares the rod. In scripture, not to be overused or used inappropriately. Okay, yeah. Scripture says, he who spares the rod hates his son. But see, that's not the only discipline that the parent reads out. Okay. You know, there's more to just spanking us. When Shelly was growing up, all I had to do was look angry at her. She melted. <laughs> yeah. The kids took a few spankings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's different. The parent needs to learn who the child is and what works best for them. Okay. Individually. Okay. Sean? If we look at the rod as more broad than just the shepherd's tool, um, if, if and when the parent decides to abdicate the use of it, whether it's like Gary with a look or verbal or spanking with you know, a tool, then there, it is sin because the parent's not doing what they're commanded to do. 
Okay, so if we abdicate any sort of, you know, physical discipline or discipline in general, maybe that's the that's the point. Is that what you're saying? Okay, Charlie, I see your hand. Yeah, I was just agreeing with what, what Gary was saying. That um, it's good to serve ourselves and make sure that it's like not the only tool in our toolbox. Mm-hmm. So, Let me let me come at it this way. Do you spank your teenagers? Hope no. Most people are saying no. Um, Were you ever spanked as a teenager? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> no, I wasn't. Uh, so why? Why not? Matthew? Well, one, because it's not necessarily a To help them understand the consequences or, or the, the ramifications of sin. By the time they're teenagers, they have to understand that already, and you can you know, direct them in other ways, you know, rather than just using the rod on the teenagers. They they already know. I mean, that, like with the, the rod is is more useful for a younger child who needs that sort of uh, correction um, than an older child who already understands what that is. And why why that why spanking do this and what the, the purpose is. Yeah. tried. You can't. Uh, you can't. And so you, you've just missed years and years of training and then you have to, to catch up. Yeah. yeah I, I keep telling solos being unreasonable and it's, it doesn't work. <laughs> this is like it's so obvious. It's just common sense, dude. Uh, Steve? I, I think your analogy of the electric fence is a great one. You know, with, with the, the infant and young toddler, you can have, if you go here, you're going to get zapped. If you go there, you're going to get zapped. And you can teach them to go how to do things they're supposed to do. But then there has to be a time like, why is the fence there? Mm-hmm. You know? And so at a young age, it is just, if you do this, you're going to get zapped. And it teaches them, don't do this, don't do that. But, it, but by the time they're teenagers, it's got to, you know, even before that, there's got to be a time where the reason comes in more. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Not just so you don't hurt. Yeah. Yeah, Lord willing. Let me let me see a couple things. Sorry, Charlie, uh, because I, I just want to pull it all together before we lose the lose the plot. Um, we've all, I think I, I appreciate what everyone's saying because I think you're all you're all hidden at it, right? Discipline is a tool, 
but it's not the, the point. Or let me, sorry, not discipline, but spanking. Spanking is a tool, but it's not the point because there's a principle behind it. Right? There's always a principle behind what we're talking about. So the principle behind spanking, and I think in Scripture in particular, is that sin has consequences. To put it another way, um, if, if discipline is not costly, it's not really discipline. If it doesn't cost something, it's not actually corrective. It's not actually... If, if they go and they touch the electric fence and nothing happens, what, they're going to be like, well, they told me not to touch it, but nothing happened. Right? That's, that's not teaching your children sin has consequences. It's not teaching them that sin is costly, that there's, there's a price to pay for when we rebel against God. Like, none of that is being taught. So spanking is a tool to teach that principle. But as they get older, Lord willing, you move on to different ways of communicating that. That I think in our culture, you have people who say, well, don't say no to your kids. Right? That's wrong. Don't, don't even hit your kids. That's wrong. Don't t- teach your kids, you know, you teach them right and wrong. But whenever they're throwing a tantrum, all you do ever do is just try to calm them down and redirect and you know be nice to them instead of ever you know taking a stance that's teaching them there's nothing happening when i'm touching the fence right i could touch this electric fence all i want and all that i'll get is nice words there's no cost in other words and the scripture teaches that there is a cost and as we look at how god disciplines his people that shows us how parents Uh, can be disciplining their kids. God doesn't always afflict his people with illnesses and plagues and, you know, barbarians at the gates and and physical corporeal discipline, right? He does do that. But sometimes what God does is he removes his presence. Sometimes what God does is he turns his face away. That's also discipline, and so for, for us and our family, we do spanks, but we also do timeouts. Because we found that with Solo, he responds very much to us removing our presence. That fellowship has been broken. And that is hard for him. It's costly for him. He hates being out of fellowship with us. And so when, we're, when we put him in timeout, what we're teaching him is, when you sin in this way, that breaks fellowship. That hurts our relationship. We turn our face away. So he gets timeouts. That, that's a principle that you can apply as timeouts when they're kids and maybe in different ways uh, when, you're, when your kids grow up. I remember one time um, I went behind my mom's back to try to get like a, a sleepover with my best friend. And I didn't tell my mom, but I told his mom so that she would tell my mom so that they would you know, work it out and we could basically manipulate my mom to let it happen. Um, my mom locked herself in her room for like an hour or two. And I felt horrible. I, I, I felt so gross and horrible because she removed her presence and it hurt her. And it taught me a lot, right, about the things that I do hurt her, affect her. Um, so I remember that very clearly. That's one of the, the disciplines that I remember. And I was, I was maybe eight, so I wasn't, I wasn't a little kid. I was more rational, I guess. Um, so these are some of the ways that the Lord pushes us to discipline our kids, right? There's, there's a cost involved. Um, and if there is no cost, 
it's not going to be disciplined. And so I think that gets to, to Gary's point, right? Each kid is different. For one kid, a spank, nothing. Doesn't cost me anything. I can grip my teeth and I can get through that. No problem. Some kids can take a lot of spankings and it, it, it won't do anything for them because it's not really costly. And for other kids, you look at them mean with like showing you're, you're upset with them, and they break down because that's costly for them. For other kids, it might be you know, throwing away a toy or, or removing something that they like. They don't get dessert or they don't get their toy or they don't get to go out with their friends or all these different disciplines are costly in some way. Uh, Okay, Charlie, did you have something you wanted to... You had your hand up, and then I... Okay, put in your back pocket. Can I read a, a verse for you? It kind of follows exactly what we're talking about. Of course. This is Ecclesiastes 8, verse 11. Because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set, set them to do evil. No immediate response, no consequence. And, oh, I got away with it. And it keeps on going. It's true of everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And the goal of discipline and of discipleship, there's a goal, right? It's, it's to teach and instill our kids how to love God. We want them to be like Jesus. We don't want them to grow up as adults learning patterns that will then play out in their lives, right? They'll learn patterns of sin. They'll learn patterns of, of how to get around the rules, right? And without, like you said, Gary, without immediate response, that will play out in their lives. And it will have consequences for their, their future marriages and their future kids. And, and obviously, that's a weighty burden for parents, um, and so what I want to close with um, is that as we look at this burden, this, and I don't want to maybe call it a burden, but as we look at the responsibilities that God has put on us for our kids, it is true. How you parent affects your kids. Your, your failings as a parent affect your kids. Your sins affect your kids. Your, the things that you do well affect your kids. Um, but through it all, God does not... Step back and say, good luck. God is involved every step of the way. And God, in his grace, he uses our failures to grow our kids. He uses our sins to teach our kids to follow Jesus. Because when we sin, right, we mess up, Lord willing, we then turn back to God. We confess, we repent. That affects our kids. And we point them to Jesus by saying, I am not Jesus. I'm not your Savior. I'm not Christ. I can't give you everything. I'm not perfect. But God is. And ultimately, your hope as parents, your, the foundation that you stand on, is not your own works. It's not, well, you better do a good job uh, because God's watching and waiting. It's the Lord loves your kids more than you do. God loves your kids more than you do. And he is 
working in their hearts and in their lives from the moment that they're conceived through you and through other means to grow them, to be the people that he wants them to be. So your hope as parents is not, I better do a good job. Your hope as parents is, I want to be faithful to God because I know he's got it. He's in control. It's his grace. It's his mercy, his forgiveness. That's the foundation that we stand on as parents. So, Sean, you had your hand up. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie, you had your hand up as well. Yeah, I, was, I had a question, and feel free to put this to another time or a sidebar. But in hearing all this, it made me think of Ephesians 6 4, which obviously has instructions for children to honor our parents in the Lord. But then Paul speaks to fathers and says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you might speak on that, maybe expose that at some point. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Steve, you want to do take care of that when you teach? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll punt. Um, we, we're out of time, but we can talk after. If that's all right. Yeah. Are there any, so that's those are really the, the foundational biblical principles that I wanted to touch on. Um, I've only been I'm I'm a two year old parent, so I'm still a toddler. So please take it all, you know, with a grain of salt that I'm still growing and learning every single day. Uh, every parent is. Um, but if you have questions, you want to talk, you can talk to me, you can talk to elders. Um, and Lord willing, this class will be a blessing for you as parents. Um, Dave is going to take next week and he's going to talk about some stuff, I think. Yeah, you're going to talk about some things? Yeah, yeah, Dave's going to talk about stuff next week. Um, so that'll be good. Um, but let's pray right now and thank God for this time and ask him to prepare us as we go to worship him. God, we thank you that you have loved our children, that you have claimed them, that they do not belong to the world. They do not belong to the devil. They belong to you. They are in your church, in your covenant. Lord, I pray that you would help us as parents to lean upon you, to live not on our works, but to live on the grace that you have shown us through Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins, the constant uh, supply of, of strength through the Holy Spirit how as, you, as you sanctify us, as you sanctify our children. Lord, please grow all of our children. Please help us to be faithful to what you have put on us to do, that we would uh, seek to honor you, that we seek to love our children and point them to Jesus. And that you, as we think about what it means to discipline and to disciple our children, pray that you would discipline and disciple us. That we would grow to be more like Jesus. So that we can teach our children to do the same. Father, thank you for all you're doing. Thank you that you are uh, the God of all creation. All things happen according to your will. And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.